Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zerah Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Amen. Our God is a God that wants to reward His people. And we saw last week that when we take God's instructions, His words, His precepts, His statutes, His laws, His commandments, and we apply them to our life in faith, there is going to be great benefit for that. But our God is a righteous God. He is a holy God, a God that is just in the fullest sense. And God will not reward disobedience. In fact, when we violate his words, there is going to be consequences. Do not think that God's grace removes the consequences of our disobedience. Now, we need to be careful from an eternal standpoint and what i mean by that is from a kingdom standpoint god's grace does remove his eternal consequences in regard to where are we going to spend eternity if you receive his grace by faith through that gospel message you will be in the kingdom but as we know the kingdom experience is not going to be the same for all people the word of god says strive to be great in the kingdom not the least but those who are great and we see in the same way that the word of god tells us that there's different degrees of punishment there are also different degrees of rewards (laughs) and we should strive to receive the best rewards why because we want to be the best servants of god and what are we going to ultimately do with those rewards we are going to use them to demonstrate our love our commitment and what faith in him produced in our life and there's eternal benefits from that but again for those who exploit the grace of god those who do not walk in the true liberty which is to be set free from 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 sin in order to obey god for people like that there is indeed judgment now for the most part we're talking about judgment not tonight from an eternal standpoint messiah has taken that judgment we're talking about judgment in this world how disobedience affects those who walk away from the word of god ignore or transgress committing iniquities and sin god will punish us in this world and this is plainly taught in the scripture that we're going to look at this evening so take out your bible and look with me to the book of leviticus and chapter 26 the book of leviticus chapter 26 we're going to begin where we left off last week and this is in verse 14 where he says and if you do not 
hear me now i would suggest to you that this first word in the text it's usually translated and but in this context this word can also be understood as but it is a word of of contrast so in the first 13 verses we studied last week about benefits from serving god obeying god implementing his truth his commandments into our life but he says here but if you do not hear me now this word for hearing is a word that demands a response and the the implication is an obedient response so if you will not respond if you hear but you don't respond obediently then there's going to be a different set of consequences and he says and you do not do all and there's an emphasis here on this word all these commandments now notice he's not talking about partial obedience but he wants it all and why is that well he gave us all of his son he saved us thoroughly he saved us completely and therefore as a response to that we need to humble ourselves we need to listen we need to respond in obedience being submissive to his instructions that's what a disciple is all about and therefore he warns us and says but you who do not do all of these commandments verse 15 but if you in my laws you are and this is word for being repulsed so he says here and let me read it but if in my laws you and this is a word for for loathing having something that repulses you so if you by my laws are are loathing them repulsed by them and if my judgments are gross unto you that you do not do all of my commandments but what happens he says but you violate my covenant now notice here we see biblically an inherent relationship between the covenant and the commandments this is a big takeaway this is something that we need to see a covenant and i'm speaking about a biblical covenant always contains what we could call commandments or expectations or obligations god always 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 is faithful to his obligations he will do so and he does so joyfully it's that faithfulness that causes god to reveal his attributes his nature his character who he is to us so the more we submit the more we obey the more we recognize his authority over our life then the more we're going to understand know and experience god and that's a good thing experiencing god is is what we should do in experiencing his faithfulness 
his joy, his provision, his response to our obedience. It is a good thing. But if we don't obey, we violate these laws, these instructions. It's going to affect our covenantal relationship with God. And God is going to respond. He's forever faithful, but his faithfulness and his honesty and his truthfulness will cause him to respond. And hear this in an adverse way unto us he doesn't desire that he desires that we obey him and he encourages us by these marvelous rewards to obey him but if we will not and we don't desire to walk in his statues and we don't desire to respond to his word correctly then there's going to be very unpleasant consequences to that he says look now at verse 16 it's the word off and in this case it means even and it's primarily being used here as a word of of emphasis even i will do this to you and he uses a word and we've talked about this word before it's very very common Uh, in many places in the bible but it's one of jeremiah and i'm speaking about jeremiah the prophet one of his favorite words and i've I've spoken of it before it is a word of commitment being all in and that's god god's all in when he's blessing us he blesses us thoroughly completely but if we're an individual that because of of wickedness rebelliousness faithlessness exploiting the things of god for our purposes rather than his purposes then god's going to be all in in punishing us and this is what he's talking about here look again at our verse verse 16 even i i will do this to you and i will visit meaning he's going to come but in this context it's a word of visiting in order to punish unto you to visit you and place upon you is the implication a punishment and then notice this next word it is a word that's probably best understood as that which is terrifying that which causes great great fear or dread it is a word that that causes a very unpleasant feeling within someone and we all know when we're we're scared and i mean really scared that something terrible is going to happen to us something painful whether it's emotionally painful or something that's physically painful i mean think of going through a torturous experience that's something that when you know it's going to happen to you it causes great discomfort inwardly before the physical pain comes comes that dread that fear that terror and that's the word that is used here and what is he going to do it's not just going to be that feeling of terror but he uses another word and this word has to do with a disease now some will say that it is the ancient hebrew word which which relates to tuberculosis what we're speaking about here is it's going to affect how we breathe now if you look at some of the rabbinical commentators terry's they will tell you this when you're 
fearful sometimes and you're terrified it will take your breath and so it's not necessarily speaking about physically that disease that we know as tuberculosis the old english word consumption but it is a word that speaks about being so scared that you cannot breathe properly it affects how your lungs function and then we have another word that speaks about uh, a fever this which is penetrating to you and notice what it says it consumes eyes it affects your vision now we know something when you have a very very high fever you can begin to hallucinate you you can go unconscious you don't see things correctly and therefore this is what it's talking about and notice the the last part of this uh kind of physical and spiritual consequences it says "Ooh, may devote nefesh this is a word for exceedingly great sorrow so think about this what god is saying is you are going to be terrified you are going to not be able to breathe because of this great fear it is going to bring upon you a fever that's so high it's going to impact your vision and on top of that you're going to have intense intense sorrow and what else will happen you will sow meaning you will plant the seed but laric meaning there's not going to be a response there's not going to be a harvest you're going to put seed in the soil but it's going to be as the soil is empty because there's not going to be any produce or at least benefit from you it says and your seed and this may be a harvest your enemy will eat it so you're not going to benefit it's as though you for your own sake have planted nothing that the soil is empty and if there is a harvest you're not going to benefit from it but your enemies are verse 17 and i will set my face against you imagine that god's saying i'm going to put my face look upon you for an adverse purpose now god is the same god yesterday today and forever we know that about yeshua who is god and god doesn't change and the reason why he doesn't change is he's perfect and so he's giving israel these instructions and he's warning them if you don't do these instructions this is going to be the consequences look again at verse 17 he says i will set my face against you and this next word is a word of experiencing a plague an intense plague that has again significantly adverse outcomes and you will be plagued before your enemies so the enemies come and you're going to have a plague placed upon you it doesn't say by them it says before them what does that mean that god is going to kind of uh, soften you up with these plagues so the enemy will be able to do whatever they want to you and he says furthermore these same enemies will rule over you and who are they 
Well, these enemies, we see a change in word. It's those who hate you. Now, we don't want to be ruled by the one who hates us. And remember our call to worship earlier in this meeting when we talked about Matthew chapter 11, verses 28, 29, and 30, speaking about the one who is humble, the one who is lowly in spirit, the one who wants to give us rest, the one who wants to bring relaxation into us internally, uh, spiritually, and emotionally. This is the good God whose whose yoke is, is pleasant, and whose burden is light this is god this is who we want to serve but if we don't serve him if we don't love his word if we are not motivated to do his commandments what's going to happen he says those who hate you will rule over you and he says and this is type of paranoia he says and you will flee when there's no one pursuing you and this is just kind of a a false fear or paranoia you're going to think there's people after me out for me against me they're coming against me now when they're not and you're going to flee and you're going to be moved away from where you ought to be by fear verse 18 he says but if unto these things you will not listen to me now notice there is a connection when you look at this this language carefully these things are inherently tied to him it's so important that you see this you cannot separate the commandments from god these commandments when we submit to them they bring us into god's presence we get a greater knowledge of god we've talked about that we experience god so the language here is highly significant and if unto these things you will not listen to me what is god going to do he says i will add and this next word is a word of discipline a word of punishment unto you and how's he going to do it seven times your sins so he's going to look at your sins and punish you seven times what it should be now you say wait a second god's righteous god's fair yes his nature is that he expects more from his covenant people so those who have no covenant with him well he punishes them but for those who are his children those who are in a covenant relationship those who have received his words his benefits his provisions all of this the consequences are going to be more severe just like we know in the scripture that 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 judgment is going to be more severe on teachers i think about that every day and that's why I don't ever want to teach something that I cannot go directly back to the scripture. I think I shared with you not too long ago, it, it happened uh, just a few days ago, where someone in our study center, they were saying, I disagree, and they weren't disagreeing with me. They were disagreeing with what the scripture says. And they had this experience, they had this doctrine that they had heard from others, and they were fully committed to it. 
And when they are, are challenged, you say, well, what biblical citations can you supply? Can you use to support this? He said, I have none. Why would we want to share to teach and encourage others to do something that doesn't have a biblical foundation? That is a dangerous thing to do. And I'm very sensitive to that. I never want to share something that I can't go and prove biblically, or at least have scripture that I, I use to prove. Someone may disagree with whether it's convincing or not, but, but there's a biblical basis. That's the important. Verse 19. Why is God going to do that? What's really the problem here? Well, we have a word, gaon. And this word, gaon, has to do with with majesty but in this case a self-perceived majesty it is related in a way to pride this desire which is really satanic to want to exalt self rather than exalt god and let me tell you and and this is i think very important it has spoken to me so many times in my life and that is this you normally when you make a decision That decision is either in your interest, you think, you perceive that, I'm going to do this because it's good for me, or you are going to make a decision based upon wanting to exalt God, praise God, serve God, agree with God, be pleasing to God. These two things, there is not a fine line between them. There is a great chasm between them. And we need to see that. So he says, look at the scripture. He says, I will break, we could say, your pride. The pride of your strength is what it literally says. The majesty that you think you have because of your power. And he says, I will set your heavens as as iron. Now, set your heavens mean make the heavens. What's above you? And when he speaks about heavens, he's talking about here more than likely rainfall. Now, if you're living primarily in an agricultural society, you need rain. That rain is really life to you. It is a blessing that rain, and we talked about rain last week when God says, I'll give you rain in its season. Well, here, what he's saying is the heavens are going to be like iron meaning there's not going to be rain and your field is going to be like like bronze also something strong iron bronze too strong metals and what it's saying is this it's not going to rain there's not going to be blessings from heaven and the earth is going to be like like bronze meaning there's not going to be a harvest the 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 crops are not going to come up spring up through a bronze uh bronze uh ground so he's saying i'm not going to bless you supply for you sustain you verse 20. tam tam is a word here for for coming to an end being brought to one's finish And it's not going to be a good finish because he says your power will be empty you're not going to have any power he says that's going to bring you to the end and your land will not give its yield 
and the tree of the earth will not give its fruit so we see here many examples how the land is not going to be a blessing remember that land and who are we talking to the children of israel that land is supposed to be a land of of milk and honey that that it's going to be producing abundantly there's going to be great harvest we talked about how in some years that harvest is going to be enough to sustain for three years but that's only when we're submitting to god when we're not then the rain is not going to come the land is going to become hard like like bronze and we see that there's going to be no produce from any of the crops whether it's the land whether it's the the trees there's not going to be any harvest verse 21 and if you walk with me contrarily meaning you walk against me but this word carry carry here means contrary so you walk against me in conflict with me and you do not and this is a word for for a strong desire in hebrew we have a couple different words for desire we have the word for example uh meaning i want i desire we have the word uh another stronger word and this one probably the the strongest word for desire and he says here if if you don't desire to hear me what's going to happen he says i will add unto you a a blow a punishment a striking a whipping we might say seven times your sins there he says it again seven times why seven well the number seven is the number of purpose meaning this it's not the number of completion but it's the number of of purpose it's from the concept of holding i've shared with you many many times how holiness always relates to the purpose of god what he's saying here is this i'm going to punish you sufficiently intensely in order to bring about a change in you that you repent and become committed to my purposes so let me ask you a question what type of punishment does god need to place upon you in order that you become committed to his purposes rather than yours your purposes are for your self-majesty for your self-exaltation that you use your own power your own resources to build yourself up this is not what you want you want god to work in your life to edify you to build you up to make you into that new man that new woman that new creation through messiah but if we're not committed to his purposes he is going to strike us it's this word makkah he is going to strike us in order that we eventually become committed to his purposes look at verse 22 and i will send among you the animals of the field now this word for animal there's two words really for animal in hebrew we have the word behima and behima 
usually refers to those uh, domesticated animals like a sheep or a goat or a cow, something along those, those lines. And then we have the word chaya. And chaya, well, where we have the term beast in the Bible prophetically, it uses that word. So when we're talking about the beast of the field, we're talking about those who are not do- domesticated, but those that are, are, are harmful, those that are dangerous. And he says here, look again, I will send, God's doing it. He's going to bring them, in other words, but literally it says, I will send among you the beast of the field. And what are they going to do? Now, this word, shikla, you hear it a lot today in Israel because of the fact that so many parents have lost their children, that they have been killed by Hamas on that, that uh, what we call the Black Shabbat, meaning the 7th of October, and this uh, uh, terrorist act that killed, and here again, you look at so many papers and they'll say the number's 1,200. No, it's not 1,200. It's over 1,500 and still over 100 people are missing and there's still others that we suspected to be kidnapped, but we're not sure. And more and more are being found as dead. So why do the, the media, the international media, consist with this number 1,200 instead of a more accurate number that is growing closer towards 1,600. And what we see, look at the scripture carefully, it's this word for a, a bereaving. So when parents, and I can't think of anything worse than parents suffering the loss of a child. What a horrible thing. And, and in Hebrew, there's a specific word for that. And what God is saying here is this, because you don't want to listen to me, that you don't want to do my instructions, he says, I am going to send these beasts of the field and they are going to make you grieving, bereaving parents. And he says, and and these same beasts are going to cut down your, and now we have the word behemot, your domesticated animals, which is, is like money, and will make you small and desolate will be your ways, meaning this. The way that you want to go, the path that you want to take, they're going to become desolate, meaning not, not uh, able to be traveled upon. Now, you say, these are harsh things. Well, it's good. God's going to stop us from going in our way. If we're his covenant people you know the worst thing that can happen is god just says i'm done with you you just do whatever you want i'm going to to turn aside i'm not going to watch over you i'm not going to pay attention to this now god knows all things but the point is that he just lets you go to your own demise and let me tell you without god's revelation his help his leadership the spirit guiding us we are heading towards great destruction and this is our ways and here it says i will make desolate your ways verse 23 but if in these you will not be corrected and this is a word of of punishment 
It's a word of discipline, meaning if these things don't bring you to to turn and, and behave correctly unto me, what does he say? And, and if you continue to walk with me, and there's that same word, carry, contrarily, in opposition, in disagreement, in, in a different direction. Now, why does he use that term? Very simply. There are those who, who say that they are walking with God, but God says, no, you're walking contrary. You are walking against me. You're walking opposite. This is what we see. And why do they do that? Because they've rejected his instructions, his words, his revelations, his precepts, his statutes, his laws, and his commandments. This is what the scripture is clearly saying. And he says, look at the middle of verse 24, or excuse me, the beginning of verse 24, where he writes, and I will walk, and we have that word of emphasis, I will walk even I with you. How? He says, if you are going to walk against me in a contrary way, I will then walk against you also in a contrary way. Now, why is that? Well, we know the principle. The measure that we use will be measured back against us. This is God. He's not doing it because he hates. He's doing it in order to bring about a change in our life. He wants his people to be obedient to their covenantal obligations. He always is. And when he gives this covenant, and we're talking now, at least I am, about the law, the law has blessings and curses. God looks at the individual. And if they're not walking in the spirit, fulfilling the righteousness of the law, then he is going to act in a way that brings judgment, punishment, curse. If they are being submissive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, fulfilling the purposes of God, demonstrating the righteousness of the law, if they are, then he is going to bless. It's just that simple. We determine based upon our response to what he says to us what we hear from him and we hear from him best in his word so he says i will walk even i with you in a contrary way and i will strike you that is i will 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 put a blow a plague a strike upon you also i and he says it again the third time seven times concerning your sins why is he doing that because god's righteous god wants to bring about a change in us so we submit to his purposes because his purposes are the best for us not for him god needs nothing they're the best for us verse 25 he says and i will bring upon you a a sword of vengeance where he will bring vengeance concerning the covenant and i will gather you to your cities and i will send pestilence among you and i will give you into the hand of the enemy now this is a good example of god just saying i'm done I'm going to give you over to the enemy 
for a season. If you have a covenantal relationship with God in Messiah Yeshua through that new covenant, God, if He turns you over, it is for only a season. He does that for you to learn from your rebelliousness. He wants to teach you what the consequences are from rebellion. So He says, look again, I will gather you to your cities and I will send pestilence in your midst and I will give you or you will be given into the hand of the enemy but again it's God doing that look at our last verse verse 26 where he says and these are the little literal words I will break you and he says you're we could say supply of bread bread is a word of of sustenance it's a word relating to food in the bible so what he says basically is i'm going to break the staff of your your bread meaning i'm going to break the supply chains for your food you're you're not going to have what to eat now he warned us earlier that he would do that in regard to our planting but notice here how he he speaks look again at the text he says i will break the staff of of your bread the supply of your bread and notice it says and 10 women shall break bake 10 women shall bake your bread in one oven now why is that well here again 10 women imagine this that 10 families they're so destitute among them they only have one oven and therefore to to bake you have to do it in shifts it's very inconvenient and there's a sense of desperation so 10 women 10 is the number for completion this is going to comprise all of the people this lacking this this poverty this destitute uh being destitute so he says 10 women uh your bread will bake in one oven and they will return your bread by weight what does that mean well it means here because the situation is so dire that that there's going to be what we could say a rationing of food a a limiting of the amount of bread someone can have and is going to be based upon weight so the more you weigh the more food you'll get the less you weigh the less food you're going to get and as situations get more desperate and what happens people lose weight what's going to happen they're going to be given less and less food so we see the exact opposite of of the way of god why do i say that because messiah says i come that you might have life and have it and literally ever increasing but here it's the opposite it's going to be forever decreasing until you you die that's the implication and you will eat and you will not be satisfied now this word for satisfaction is derived from the number seven and seven is related to holiness 
and the purposes of god what it's teaching us is this if you truly want to be satisfied then you're going to be committed to the purposes of god write that down remember that it's it's an easy principle the word of god and i'm speaking about the hebrew language in the word of god teaches us this satisfaction is found in the purposes of god when you are not committed to his purposes when you are are seeking satisfaction in your way what seems right to you well what's going to happen you're going to be frustrated ask yourself this question spiritually how would i describe myself do i know that contentment that peace that that passes all understanding to be content in all situations when you are in god's will committed to his purposes this is what you're going to experience but when you're going things doing things going about things in your way doing it how you think is right ignoring rejecting loathing the commandments of god then you're going to find yourself frustrated physically spiritually emotionally frustrated perhaps the reason why tonight you've turned in to listen to this is because you need a change you are frustrated and god wants to be your comforter god wants to be an individual that you know how humble and lowly in spirit how his his yoke is is pleasant and his burden is light he'll give you all of that if you will submit to him just a simple principle don't expect god to work mightily in your life if you're not mightily committed to his purposes you can try that and you will find every time when you are walking in his purposes god is going to be moving in your life now it may take time it may take consistency in your part before you see the consistency of god working according to his word but but if you give it enough time if you show that you're truly committed if you have a passion for the things of god you are going to see how god is passionately in love with you and wants to use you and work in your life and give you those good things but it all depends upon you and your commitment to his instructions for your life may we be faithful to those instructions and may we be people that god is well pleased with and if he's well pleased with us you're going to be well pleased with him and his work in your life i'll close with that until next week shalom from israel well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.